Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Do you care about Twitter? Because it's in meltdown. Gotta tell you, working in Twitter is like being a Man United fan. Just so <laughs> you think you've seen it all. <laughs> Something else happens. And you know when the top trend on a social media site is its own demise that things maybe aren't going so well. Hashtag RIP Twitter has been trending all around the world since yesterday evening with some sharing emotional goodbyes to the site. But what exactly is going on? Jess Kelly from News Talks Tech Talk is here to explain. It is. It's just never a dull moment on Twitter. No, and, and I think it's important to remember that we're only a few weeks on. Like today marks, I think, two or three weeks since Elon Musk let 50% of the Twitter staff go. But it's he, different now because there's hordes of them walking out the door of their own accord. It's not of their own accord. He's given them an ultimatum that is putting them between a rock and a hard place. And this is like the textbook of what not to do when you spend $44 billion on a company. <laughs> well, what's the ultimatum that he gave the workers that they're so displeased with? He sent an email. So he, the, the communication from Elon Musk to the staff has been pretty limited. You know, they've been following on Twitter his different whims and what the, what's going to happen with the company. But in, I think it was his second official communication with the team, he sent out an email Essentially saying that if you work here, you are going to have to be more hardcore. That means working long hours. That means essentially putting the company first. And at the bottom of the email was essentially a yes or no button. So do you want to be part of the next iteration of Twitter? Click yes. If not, we'll accept this as your resignation and you get three months severance pay. So this is... You know, I, I think it's being portrayed in different ways by different people and in different circles. And I just think this is Musk using that bully boy mentality to put it up to the workers to either consent to being part of this vision that we don't know if it's going to work. Mm. We don't know even what the vision is or leaving. And so what we're seeing now and the reason why hashtag uh, RIP Twitter is trending on Twitter is because a lot of the key workers, the people who make this platform function are now opting to leave because they don't want to be part of this madness. And you can understand that when somebody buys a company, traditionally, mm-hmm. downsizing some of the workforce is a, th- is a thing that happens because that improves kind of productivity and yep. costs and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose that isn't rare. But what seems to be rare about this is the manner in which he's doing it. And like, what if all the engineers walk off site Twitter will shut down I, mean, I don't mean permanently but it will stop functioning because you said it's We're a, seeing this already. It's a massive uh, technological organisation there are elements of the site that aren't functioning to the extent that they were before things are slower things are sluggish there are servers going offline but the thing that I can't get my head around, right, we've said the 40, $44 billion figure, that's what he's paid for a company. And it seems like what he's doing is trying to gut it mm. and then rebuild it. He's bringing in people who've worked for Tesla and some of his other companies into Twitter. Now, that's not a lot. Like, fundamentally, that's you can't just do a switcheroo. Yeah. There are a whole host of issues that are going on in the background. And I do think... You know, the, the Twitter offices, a memo went out today saying that the offices are shut today. There was no reason given. But we think it's because there's going to be a mass exodus of people uh, leaving the company today. And the Dublin offices as well. The Dublin offices closed as well. Uh, the offices all around the world are closed. As I said, in the memo that was sent, there was no clarification. What I've been seeing and hearing is that no staff have been locked out of their systems as of yet. Because if you remember when people were let go uh, three Fridays ago now people found out that they were let go because they couldn't log on to their systems. Mm. So we're not hearing of workers being uh, locked out as of yet. 
But I believe that Twitter does have a tally of the employees who consent to be part of Twitter 2.0 or whatever he wants to call it mm. uh, and those who don't. Uh, he had given the deadline of five o'clock yesterday for people to either get on board or jump off ship. Uh, what's really interesting is that there hasn't been any official statement from Twitter on a lot of these things mm. uh, because their communications department doesn't exist anymore. They're all gone. It's You know what, that's adding, I think, to the confusion. Mm. Um, I think I said to you guys, the day that the mass exodus happened, I got onto my contact in Twitter Dublin, who has been my contact at Twitter Dublin. Every time there's an update or whatever, I'd go through them. And on the day he didn't reply to me, and then I saw a few hours later he was one of the ones let go. Right. There's been no communication to the media as to how, like even in Ireland, how do you get in touch with these companies now? A lot of it is through individuals who are just providing information and so on. It just seems to me like it is the most public mess that is destroying a platform that is used by so many people for so many official reasons. You know, Twitter isn't just where people can go and give out, although a no. lot of people do. There are individuals, politicians, news outlets that use it as an official platform to get information out there. And I think what we're seeing now is mass confusion. You know, the the whole, the thing that I can't get my head around is that Musk's first focus on a public level was the blue tick thing and the official badge. Surely that's like the least of the the issues on Twitter. Do we have any idea what it is he's hoping to achieve or has he remained aloof and kind of mysterious about this? Because usually you can kind of see you know, what a new owner wants to achieve. Man United would love a new owner now who <laughs> wants to achieve <laughs> Premier League greatness. But like, when someone like this does these things that don't seem to make any sense, we don't really know what his vision is, do we? Well, so what he said is he wants to build um, the X app. So it's going to be an all-encompassing platform where you can do everything. It's going to... His vision, I think, is for the new Twitter to be the internet in your pocket. So if you want to talk to your friends, you go to that app. If you want to post stuff publicly, you go to that app. If you want to do digital payments, you go to that app. He wants to be the only app you need to have on your phone. I like he's a billion he's the richest man in the world mm. surely he had the money the resource and clearly the know-how because he knows everything to set up a new company why he's gone in to gut Twitter and cause such disruption for the workers is genuinely beyond me mm. I don't understand what the vision but is but isn't here. that the thing maybe we just don't understand he doesn't operate by the same principles uh, that we do we're, you get the feeling that we're all the mouse and he's the cat just kind of knocking us around with his paw um, I mean, he has put rockets into space. He has revolutionized cars. Surely he's able to rebuild a website and boo-hoo if we don't like it, but this is the reality. Yeah, but he also has to adhere to laws and he has to adhere to, well, I would have thought, some level of humanity and empathy. What he's doing at the moment, the behavior this week is, you know, after firing half of their colleagues, he's essentially put, you know, a proverbial gun to somebody's head saying, look, if you want to get on board, jump on board. If not, off you go. Like, but that, isn't that fair enough? It's his company. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, I know it's I people's it, jobs yeah. at stake. But, you know, he's Elon Musk. He is one of the richest people on the planet. Why can't he do this? It's his It's his toy. I think if that's the way it's being looked at, I think that is a very, very sad sign of things to come. And, you know, over the last few weeks, I've looked at, you know, how much social media means to people and how much how valued a tool it can be. And the fact that it's come to this, I think it's indicative of a wider issue that's going on, particularly in the US. And I think as we get closer to another US presidential election, all of this carnage is just going to have ripple effects. It may just seem like a billionaire playing with a platform at the moment, but there will be, you know, serious detrimental, uh, detrimental impacts as a result of this. 
you know, do we know that he's going to hang on to this platform and fulfill mm. this vision? Is he going to flip it and sell it for half of what he bought it in a year's time? Or is he going to, you know, fulfill his vision? As we said, like he's a successful businessman. He's kind of achieved a whole lot that he's put his mind to. But there's something about this sledgehammer approach that I think sets a really bad precedent because you don't want this to become the norm. You don't want this to become acceptable and you don't want politicians and governments around the world to let him away with it. You know, we're seeing like Biden kind of gave a soundbite where he kind of chuckled and said, oh, well, we'll have to look into what Elon Musk is up to. That's not enough. You're the president of the United States. He's, you know, he's bending and breaking. Breaking laws. Breaking laws. Yeah. And, you know, I th- I just think social media is no longer that frivolous thing that it once was a few years ago. It's no longer just people having a moan and tweeting pictures of their lunch. It's an influential tool. And <laughs> I a think- communication tool, like you said at the beginning, though, for lots and lots of organisations and indeed for governments and yeah. for other things. And I mean, we look at the the war in Ukraine, we look at the, the uprising in Iran, we look at it, things happening in Egypt. All of these things had a voice yeah. because Twitter was there and was able to be used that way. Uh, we're running out of time, so very quickly, can we move off Twitter for a second and yeah. talk about these bots that are buying up Taylor Swift tickets? And oh, this is far more important than whether Twitter exists. But Taylor Swift, uh, they, she had three and a half million people yeah. sign up as dedicated fans to, uh, to be verified fans and get a chance to get her tickets early. But the boss came in and ate them all up. This is a serious headache for Ticketmaster mm. because Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, there's a whole bunch of artists that have come together over the last number of years to try and tackle ticket touting and ensure that real fans get to the gigs. Uh, Taylor has her own little cohort of dedicated fans that usually get early access to things. They might get extra bonus bits and pieces. The Verified Fan Program was designed so that you, you've you gone to a gig before or you've mm. signed up for the pre-sale and we know you really want to be there. So we're going to give you essentially an early access code and that way then you can get in and get your tickets. I don't, it hasn't been explained as of yet how the bots have been able to get through this right. net and infiltrate this net. Anyone who's bought tickets in the last number of years for anything will know that you have to go through and do one of those capture things to I'm, prove you're not a robot. I'm not a robot, yeah. Click on the traffic lights mm-hmm. seven times, mm-hmm. type in a squiggly code. They've been trying to work, uh, get a workaround so that these bots cannot get the tickets. But, you know, if you open TikTok this morning, you are seeing heartbroken fans across the world who are now not going to be able to get their hands on tickets as a result of this. Ticketmaster actually cancelled the sale uh, for the first leg of the tour because they said they had an insufficient ticket inventory to meet extraordinarily high demands. Wow. Now, again, it's a bit of a political issue in the US because Live Nation and Ticketmaster sort of came together and some people are saying that this, it shouldn't just be up to one big body to regulate and to rule who gets access to what tickets. But this is a huge issue because we know that the Taylor Swift uh, tour is going to be a massive deal. This could be replicated when the tickets go on sale for For other outlets. And could bots be taking our tickets here or do our laws prevent this? Uh, So there has, ticketing law has been brought in and there, as I said, there's steps that are trying to circumvent this from happening. I bought tickets to Harry Styles and Slane as an example and I now have them stored within my Ticketmaster app and I can't even transfer them to you. So if I wanted to give mm. them to you, I can't do that because my names are going to be my name is going to be on the tickets. It's associated with my card number. So this technology, it can still be implemented, right? It can be deployed. But what's happening is it's making it harder for fans like me and you and Dave to get tickets for the gigs that we want to go to uh, because we have to jump through all of these hoops. So the technology is actually moving faster than the security and the protections that Ticketmaster uh, are putting in place, which is baffling when you consider the size and the scale and the money involved from Ticketmaster's point of view. Mm. 
what I think it'll it'll take artists throwing a strop to fix this, and I think it'll be interesting to see what Taylor says as a result of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ed Sheeran was one of the first in this country to implement very strict rules around the ticketing and ensuring that you and it had, worked. It worked. You like you're, you're always going to ha- have elements of uh, black market tickets mm. and that kind of stuff. But, um, look, I guess time will tell, but it's very, very frustrating for the genuine fan. Yeah, well, let's find out, what, as you said, wait to see what Taylor well, has to say about this. He says frustrating. Imagine what it's like when R2-D2 tries to buy some tickets online for a gig and it just keeps asking, oh, are you I'm a robot? Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. <laughs> from News Talk's Tech Talk podcast. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today FM.